Wonderful words, aren't they? When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but lost and poor contempt on all of my pride. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, as we in our mind's eye see Christ on that cross again and know that he died because of us, because of me, we pray that your spirit will enliven us to understand and experience Jesus afresh this morning. In his name we pray. Amen. Darkness crept over the city, merely a shadow at first, hardly noticed by anyone, like a cloud passing across the morning sun. But the shadow deepened and got darker and darker, and people about their daily business paused to look up. What was happening? Why the gloom? It's only nine o'clock in the morning. One by one the birds stopped singing as they settled to roost and wonder turned to unease, even fear. People found themselves whispering as darkness settled over the city of Jerusalem. Who had heard of such a thing? Not the Roman soldiers gathered around three criminals on the outskirts of the city nor their company back in the barracks. Pilate and his wife in the palace, the Roman officials busy about their business, none of them have heard of such a thing before. But the people of Jerusalem had. The Jews who were now oppressed by the Roman rule remembered back to another time when they were oppressed not by Caesar but by Pharaoh, a time when God raised up Moses the greatest of prophets, who confronted the Pharaoh and said, let my people go, but Pharaoh wouldn't. And there were plagues. Do you remember the plagues? Water was turned into blood and there were flies and locusts and, and uh, hail. But also you remember there was darkness. A thick darkness settled over Egypt. And this was happening again now in Jerusalem. And some remembered the story and their escape from slavery, their escape to freedom. And so on that morning, a few brave souls in Jerusalem got on their knees and prayed to be set free. Others in Jerusalem remembered the words of the prophet Amos. In that day, the sovereign Lord says, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. And surely this was happening now. God was causing it to go dark. And so it must be that day, that day when the Messiah would come. And so for some brave souls, they got on their knees and they prayed that the Messiah would come and his kingdom. And outside the city walls, it got blacker and darker, none so more than on the hill they called Golgotha. The air was thick. You could taste the darkness. Barely enough light to see three criminals hanging on three crosses. Barely enough to see the criminal in the middle who had the title King of the Jews. And no one, no one inside the city or outside the city realised that the darkness was because of him. The Son of God who had been crucified. Since before creation... Jesus had only known 
unbroken fellowship with his heavenly Father, the living God. At creation, Jesus was with his Father and the Holy Spirit as they created the universe and everything in it. He was there when mankind was formed out of dust. He was also there when their rebellion brought a different kind of darkness into the world. So, when the time was right, the Son was sent in the form of a man to bring humanity hope. And now on this first Good Friday, some 30 plus years after his coming, and at the will of his Father, Jesus accepted the shame and the agony of the crucifixion. He became cursed. He took on himself our sins so that you and I could be set free. And this happened on the darkest and blackest of days that we call Good Friday. And so in that darkness, while some prayed for freedom and some prayed for God's kingdom, Jesus was paying the price the price for our freedom from sin and death. And it was horrible and unthinkable, but he paid it willingly. He who had only known unity and fellowship with his Father cast it aside so that we would be set free. This is why in Mark 15.34 we read, at the ninth hour, that's about lunchtime, about midday, at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is a cry of a broken heart, enduring anguish, never been seen before. But this was also a cry that had hope. And you might say, where is there hope when the Son of God cries out, why have you forsaken me? Well, there is hope because the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is the first line of Psalm 22. And over the ages, the church has recognized that Jesus was calling on the whole of the psalm, not just the first line. Jesus was using Psalm 22 to express his despair, but also his hope. For Psalm 22 does both wonderfully well. It expresses Jesus' agony on the cross, but also his hope. And so first is agony, a few verses from Psalm 22. But I am scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. And of course, we just heard that in the Bible reading. That's exactly what the crowds and the Pharisees were saying. If God really loved him, he would come down and rescue him. Other verses in verse 22. A band of evil men have encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And remember, Psalm 22 was written at least a thousand years before Jesus came. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves, casting lots for my clothing. And so here we have Psalm 22, fulfilled as a prophecy at the foot of the cross. And you may ask, well, has God really done this? Has God really left Jesus? Has he really abandoned him? Well, to answer the question, 
we need to remember that Jesus is always in the Psalm 22. And not only does he use it to express his despair, but also his hope. For Psalm 22 has this wonderful verse in 23 and 24. You who fear the Lord, praise him, for he has not despised or disdained suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Isn't that wonderful? Psalm 22 says, God has not hidden his face from Jesus for long. Yes, there was a time when they were separated, but it was not for long. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Was a cry that his heavenly Father looked down and answered. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And the psalm ends in this wonderful sense of triumph. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. Verse 27 and verse 30. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. And we are that people who are yet unborn. When Psalm 22 was written about 1000 BC, we weren't born. When Jesus died on the cross, we weren't born. But we've been born now and the future generations, you and I, have heard the good news of Jesus. And this is why Easter is always an Easter of hope because Good Friday, with the death of Christ, always moves to Resurrection Sunday and that wonderful celebration of his resurrection. This is the Christ Jesus, whom we worship and adore. Let's pray.